peace, peace. Welcome back to the Socks and Sandals podcast, where economic elevation and spiritual cultivation converge, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. I am unconditioned and unlimited. I am Indivisible Duality. I'm your host, Emmanuel Williams. I'm back in the kitchen, whipping it up. As you can kind of hear, I'm not in the studio, but I am happy to be back. And um, I just wanted to switch up the format just a little bit. Not in totality, because you're going to hear uh, some some studio uh, episodes coming out again pretty soon. But um, I just wanted to share a little bit more about um, where where I'm at, what I'm studying, what I'm um, uncovering. And I just want to share it with y'all. Right. So um, I've been in a season of um, a lot of change. Uh, a lot of growth, a lot of reflection, and I've been in a season of like I, I go in these cycles, y'all. So I go in these cycles of reading a lot, read, 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 absorb all this information, and then it comes to a point where um, I'm not inspired to read, I'm not inspired to watch. Um, documentaries. I'm just not inspired to consume. And then I'm in the, the mode of creating new content as it pertains to um, courses or, or workshops, whatever the case might be. So um, I want to share this book with you guys. Uh, I don't know if you if you haven't read this book, it is an easy read. I don't physically have the book yet, um, but I've listened to the audiobook. Uh, at least 10 times. So it's called the five levels of attachment by Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. The son of Don Miguel Ruiz Ruiz, who is the author of the four agreements and the fifth agreement. Right. And so I say all that to say I've been on this book heavy and um, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I'll be creating um, content from it. Right. And it'll be the baseline of a lot of what I'm going to be creating um, here at this end of 2022, early 2023 season, right? And so it talks about the five levels of attachment uh, for people. And let me just kind of go through those levels, right? Uh, and, it's, and this is Toltec wisdom, Toltec knowledge, which is like an, an indigenous um, group of folks in the so-called area of... Uh, I guess, Latin America, Mexico area, right? I believe or, or central, um, don't stone me cause I'm not a hundred, a thousand percent sure, but, uh, it's Toltec wisdom. Right. And so I, I love it because I've been studying the Toltec of train of thought with Don Miguel Ruiz and Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. Whether it's the fifth agreement, uh, and the five levels of attachment. Um, and I've been studying the Medu Netter, um, volume one by Raun Neferamin. And it's amazing that I'm reading these two works at the same time because they're they're interrelated and they transfer very well, very seamlessly. And the five levels of attachment is like a real simple baseline version is good to read before getting into the Medu Netter volume one, because um it'll give you a good idea of what the what the Medu Netter expands on. But let me get right to it. So the five levels of attachment. And today I want to talk about the third level. Uh, I'm going to just skip to the third level because that's where most folks are at. 
and hopefully you'll be able to get something from this. All right, so let's get into it. The five levels of attachment um, at number one is the authentic self, right? And I guess I could give um, a baseline. Well, no, let me just go through it. So the authentic self is number one. Number two is preference. Number three is identity. Number four is internalization. And number five is fanaticism. Let me go through that one more time. The five levels of attachment. Number one is authentic self. Number two is preference. Number three is identity. Number four is internalization. And number five is fanaticism. Right. The higher up you go on that level of attachment, the further you are from your authentic self, from critical thought. Um, and that's not where we want to be. But that's that's honestly where society has polarized us to be. They've trained us to be on that identity, internalization and fanaticism like that is that is the goal of society is to get you to be fanatics and think like robots <laughs> and just go hard for ideas uh, and people and organizations without without questioning it want whatsoever and proselytizing that message to others right um and one of the founding or not founding but yeah one of the foundational quotes is are you using knowledge or is knowledge using you and when we get into any situation when we have certain patterns of thought speech and action and we're acting and reacting to things we have to uh, we have to think is knowledge are we using knowledge our own knowledge to create our decision to come to a conclusion or is knowledge using us right and so essentially let's talk about the authentic self so the the definition that don miguel ruiz jr has for the authentic self um he says i am a living being regardless of my knowledge um which in my knowledge exists only because i exist and to expand on that he says we we require knowledge we, we require no knowledge, excuse me, to be our authentic self. And our awareness of this is what allows us to use knowledge as we engage the world, using our body through our mind as the vehicle that allows us to take action in life. We are always our authentic self. We just have to make the choice to see it in ourselves and others. Right. And he talks about those moments of feeling your authentic self when there's like certain expressions in life, certain activities, when you feel your authentic self, when there's no judgment, it's just pure interaction, um, not using knowledge to know that something is good or right or something that or something that you're doing is just enjoyable. Right. And so some ideas or some activities where we experience our authentic self is through dance, uh, painting, sex, meditation, uh, working out, even lecturing or talking, you get lost in the conversation, eating, playing. Um, those are activities where we experience our authentic selves. All right. And then once again, uh, or just going to the next level, level two preference. I use my knowledge as a tool by which I engage my preferences in life. At the second level of attachment, we still move with the awareness of our authentic self we recognize our ability to attach ourselves to something as we engage in the present moment. 
but we are also able to let go of that attachment once the moment has passed right so preferences were i mean authentic self is 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 obviously amazing to be at and that's like a, a zen level sage level type of person um like a for lack of a better uh example but because i watched this documentary so much um uh the bhagwan bhagwan sri rajneesh he would be like authentic self to a to an extent right where he can just go in and out of a meditative state um and just be unaffected by society live totally detached from society but still have a huge impact on society right but and then when we get to preference where it's like we can attach to something when we need to attach but then we can disengage once that moment has passed so if we go to the scriptures this would be like um when paul says becoming all things to all men right being in the world but not of the world that would be preference knowing how to maneuver knowing how to show up as x y and z but then when that moment has passed you detach from that and don't allow that to consume you and don't allow that knowledge to rule you and make decisions for you preference all right now let's get into level three identity this is what i really want to talk about i'm going to share with y'all today all right so identity identify myself with knowledge although i use it to see and understand the world when it comes to understanding ourselves our identity is a symbol that can be wrapped up in an expression of knowledge from the stance of knowledge identity is the grounding sense of self that allows us to have our place in the dream of the planet it gives us the point of reference from which we identify and engage with one another but this identity is a mask that blurs our awareness of the authentic self an attachment at this level occurs when we identify ourselves with knowledge all right let me go a little bit deeper in wanting to be heard by the dream of the planet our voice takes on an identity to express itself or so we think when we use knowledge to construct the dream of us or the dream of the planet our identity is the mask by which the dream of the planet will understand us when speaking mind to mind knowledge recognizes knowledge so we become attached to the mask of our identity at this level we forget that the mask of our identity is an empty symbol just as language can change over time so too can our identity mask so our identity is a mask according to this concept as we increase our attachment to our identity knowledge and consensus become very important to us to the point that they give us meaning in life as we increase our attachment to our identity knowledge and consensus become very important to us to the point that they give us meaning in life i wanted to talk about this because i had a conversation the other day with a friend of mine and he was like yo e like you've done a really good job 
of um, being able to be pro black, but like not be dangerously black. <laughs> I was like, bro, what do you what do you mean? He's like, you know, like, you know, when I when I talk to you, I know where you stand. But the way that you present yourself on social media and on your website and uh, the way that you just kind of show up in the world, people wouldn't necessarily know how pro black you are um, and how deep you are when it comes to your studies. And, you know, when you're talking about the Nilly Fuller stuff and Francis Cress Welsing and all those like black authors that are super pro black, you know, the average person wouldn't know how pro black you are. And I think that's cool. But then you still have, you know, the things that you talk about and the, the stuff that you teach. And even though you interact with a, a lot of white people and you teach white people, your stuff is still like for black people. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm I'm black. I've always been black. So I kind of I just speak from that from that vantage point, just from experience. He's like, yeah, no, nah, but it's like, but you're pro black. And he kept saying I was pro black. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Uh, cause I'm pro me, you know, <laughs> so I'm pro my family. And so I guess that makes me pro black. Um, but I, I didn't realize that, um, I don't internally necessarily, um, wear that, that term or that identity anymore. And one of the reasons why, you know, in my intros, you know, when I say I'm unconditioned, I'm unlimited, I'm indivisible duality. That's a whole shift for me. And I and I shifted that way recently, you know, uh, after reading the Medu Netter. And I realized that and it, it, even before I started reading that book, but I realized that identifying with blackness, there is a limit of. um divinity there's there's a limit of reaching and tapping into your true divinity if we're polarized in the racial slash cultural identity of black um and once again going back to the five levels of attachment we're using black as it's a it's we're using knowledge to identify ourselves and that, that identity is a mask and that mask is not sustained. I mean, it is kind of sustainable, but it's like, it's not a universal mask that works in all areas of the, of the globe and like in the afterlife. Right. And so it's like, I want to get in tune with my authentic self. I want to get in tune with my divinity and if I get stuck, me personally is how I feel. If I get stuck in my blackness, which I'm never going to drop because politically I'm always going to be black. And I'll, I'll be a thousand percent honest with y'all. I'm black until I get my reparations. And then after I get my reparations, I ain't checking no boxes, <laughs> but I'm, I'm waiting for, you know, and I'm hoping for and attempting to produce justice on that political level. Right. But you know, something that I've talked about, a lot of us talk about, you know, folks that are so-called conscious or whatever term you want to call people that talk about race and, and racism and things of that nature. Um, I lost my train of thought. 
black so black yeah we all say black is a social construct right we all know that and so you know what i notice is like over time if you stay on this blackity black 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 the black 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 stuff um as far as the way that you identify and the way that you talk then you kind of get stuck on that knowledge and then you have to do everything that fits into that black blackity black black conscious woke black box and then you start now that as because once again <laughs> it, it says identity is more of a mask than an actual thing right we forget we forget that identity is a mask when we're using knowledge to to identify then knowledge controls us so then you know there comes to certain situations where it's like you get it you you're expected you expect yourself to act and react in a certain way based upon your identity but your identity is based upon knowledge and then knowledge and consensus become very important to us now we are in the system of white supremacy right so we are in a system we've been thrust into a system that we did not create we've been thrust into a system um of systematic prejudice discrimination and antagonism towards non-white people and so-called you know people that are categorized as black in america we are the most historically harmed um us and in, in indigenous folks the most historically harmed um disenfranchised displaced dis everything right disproportionate all the outcomes are more disproportionate than everybody else right um and so yes all of that is true but as a divine being it comes to a point in time where in our lives we have to not allow the knowledge of what has been placed on us as an identity to not allow that knowledge rule us and make decisions for us as a as a uh, as a brown-skinned man in the system of white supremacy in America I will always by and large be classified as some level of black right whether it's literally black or negro or african-american or afro-american whatever the case it'll be some level of black right and and the, the the cool thing about knowing that like a lot of folks will say oh well you know i don't want to be called black because you look at black in the dictionary and the and the, the, the thesaurus you look at those terms i don't want to be associated with that and it's like yeah i get it i teach that stuff right um and then some people will say well you know how do you identify as black when that was given to you by the colonizers so on and so forth and then blah 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 like, yeah i get that one cool thing to know about history is when you start digging and you learn about um not just egypt but what it was before it was called egypt which is more of a, a transliteration of, of roman and greek or greek and roman um it was kemet and kemet literally means land of the blacks right and so we know that back in time one of the greatest if not the greatest civilization of mankind 
identify themselves by their skin, by their color. Right. And so it's not the most negative thing, but they didn't get hung up on that. Like, imagine if Kemet like only only identify themselves as the color of their skin. They are divine beings. A lot of our spiritual systems in modern day religions, all of that just modern civilization came from those people. But those people weren't so hung up on black this and black that that they couldn't interact with others, that they couldn't come up with ideas that weren't solely focused on skin color. And one of the things and I'm, I'm going to land a plane here soon. So one of the things that we do here in America is we because race and racial division just purely based upon skin, which bring in stereotypes, which bring in, you know, levels of so-called consciousness. Because we've been thrust into that system, we take on that identity so much so that we adhere to the knowledge and then critical thought actually comes to a halt because consensus becomes very important. And what I'm going to talk about um, in future episodes like this, when we get into internalization and then we get into fanaticism, that consensus rules our lives ruthlessly so much so that we don't even recognize it. And you talk about critical thought going out the window. There's a level of critical thought that we use when we're just on the identity level of attachment. But when we attach, when it's internalized and we start judging ourselves and then when it's a fanaticism, which is like a whole disowning of who you are and you totally attach to an idea. And is there's this rigid attachment to knowledge that you just won't let go of and you won't identify or associate with anybody that doesn't attach at the same level as you. That's a dangerous place to be, regardless of how noble the idea is that you're attaching yourself to. So I say all that to say, be mindful of the mask that you put on. Be mindful of allowing knowledge to use you. Are you using knowledge or is knowledge using you? Is your idea? Do you understand how to detach, how to operate on a level of preference where you can pick up something and put it down and and continue to strive to tap into your authentic self? Because you are divine. You are a divine being. We get stuck in that on that phrase. Oh, nobody's perfect. Oh, I'm just I'm just human. I mean, you're a man, you're a woman, but you are a divine being. That authentic self that we tap into. And in the in the comedic tree of life, that Asar. Man, that that ultimate spirit, right, that essential spirit that runs through all of 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 mankind and all of all living beings. That's what we want to tap into. That's where we get our greatest joy and our greatest experience here in this life and in the next. Right. And so let's let's never lose sight of what is possible for us. As we live here in in in, in this life on this earth. We can be more than just our identity, the mask that we have to put on as we go through society. Not that we we feel like that we have to put on as we go through society. Excuse me, that, that mask that we feel like is necessary 
for us to be accepted in certain circles. That mask that we put on for that conditional love. We can't get to unconditional love until we take the conditions off of ourselves. And then once we take the conditions off of ourselves and accept us for who we are, not necessarily for how we fit into a certain consensus group. Then. We can see. That conditional acceptance for what it is from certain people, and then we, we free ourselves to find those that aren't attached at that level. And it's like, oh, hey, look, at, look at you. <laughs> You don't you don't necessarily get caught up in that. Oh, wow. And it's not a hierarchy type of thing where it's like, you know, this person is better than that person. It's just a a level of awareness and it's a level of experience that it's just a greater experience when we can let go of the consensus and get closer and closer to our authentic selves. To that divinity that lives within us has always been here. We've been taught to look outside of ourselves to God to experience the creator and the uh, the highest spiritual. We, we look up, we look without, but everything is within. But we have to we have to strip away all the distractions and all the blockage that has been downloaded into us. So once again, I am unconditioned, I am unlimited, I am indivisible duality. I'm your host, Emmanuel Williams. Thank you for tapping in once again to the Socks and Sandals podcast, where economic elevation and spiritual cultivation converge, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. I hope this helps you think a little bit clearer, a little bit different than what you have thought. I hope this challenges you a little bit. All my entrepreneurs out there, even if you're not an entrepreneur, you're a teacher, you're a social worker, whatever you do professionally, Don't let these people get you caught up and polarized into one level of identity. Never lose that pursuit of your divinity.